0: Because for over 2,000 years the church has said one way to be like Jesus is to simplify life. What if we did that too? You are loved exactly as you are. None of this conversation about hearing the words of Jesus and doing them is in any way a call for you to become a better person in order to be loved. But because you are loved, God loves you way too much to keep you where you are and he wants to invite you into this journey of walking with him and discovering who you could be when you begin to be with him and become like him and in turn do the things he does. Will you join me in hearing
1: his words and doing them and in turn seeing all that he might do in you? Hi, this is Chris from The Point a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay because faith is not about having it all figured out and God is not waiting for you to put your life together before he'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, you can visit our website at thepointknox.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are. Once again, good morning. And to those of you on
0: live stream, good morning to you as well. It is great to be here with you this morning. Just looking out from right off the bat, I can tell many of you are feeling a lot better. Uh, Last week, if you were here or not here, but joining us on live stream, you noticed uh, that we were kind of sparse in number, and I mentioned a bunch of you were sick. So for those of you who were sick and are now feeling better, it's good to hear and see that God is faithful and has answered our prayers. And for those of you who are still sick uh, and not joining us today, but are on live stream and joining us remotely, and uh, we'll continue to pray for your healing in this time when it seems everybody and their brother is sick with something. Uh, so I'm glad you're here and feeling well. We have, over the last couple of weeks, been going through this series entitled Made for More, really actually Made for Love. See, the truth is you and I were created by God to be loved. All of our faith, all of our life, everything we do has to start with the reality that you are loved not because of what you've done, not because you've earned it, with no conditions or strings attached. You are loved. If you don't know that, if that's not yet your reality, you need to hear that over and over and over again. You were made to be loved. And only from that place of being loved are you in turn made to love others. Only from that place of an identity that's secure, not in what other people think of you, not in what you can accomplish or how you can succeed, not in any work of your own. That identity given to you by a God who created you and loves you. Only from that place can we truly and rightly love others. But oftentimes in our sinfulness and in our brokenness, We begin to love the wrong things in response. We begin to love our image, our reputation, our status, our clothing. We begin to love all sorts of things that ultimately will leave us less fulfilled. And will ultimately leave us not knowing the fullness of how much we're loved in and of themselves. And so if we were made for love and made to love others, and yet sometimes our love is oriented in the wrong direction, how do we reorient our love to be correct? There's a temptation to believe that we reorient our love by thinking things differently, right? So imagine it's the start of the year and you want to change your year, so this is the year you're going to eat healthy, and not only are you going to eat healthy, you're going to exercise more and you're going to become a healthier person this year. You can read every textbook about eating healthy. And not only that, you can, you can imitate others and look to people who eat healthy and say, I, I want exactly what you have. But the truth is, no, no, no matter how much you think about changing, the right knowledge rarely ever changes somebody. Instead, it's a new attitude a new way of viewing the thing you're thinking about, a new desire for that change. Last week we talked about if you want to become somebody different, you need to find somebody who is already different. You need to look to somebody who, you, when you look at them, you say, I want to be more like them. I want to spend more time with them so I can learn to imitate them. In fact, several years ago I wanted to lose weight and I wanted to get healthy and I was going to the gym regularly and not making any progress so I decided I was going to start paying for a personal trainer. Anybody ever pay for a personal trainer? Anybody ever pay for a personal trainer and show up and your personal trainer is more overweight and out of shape than you? If that were the case, would you come back the second week or the second meeting? Probably not. See, when you're looking to become like somebody, you want somebody that you see in them characteristics and qualities and traits. It's like, if only I imitate them, I'll become like them. I learned pretty quickly on with my trainer that she was really, really strong. Like, I think even though she weighed 150 pounds less than me, she was probably stronger than me in every category. And it was really impressive when she would demonstrate the workouts I was supposed to be doing how she had demonstrate them and they looked so effortless. And I thought, this won't be too bad. I can do this. You ever paid for that personal trainer and regretted it afterwards? <sighs> I could not do the things she was asking of me. The things that looked so simple were absolutely brutal and painful. So I stopped going to her personal trainer. And it didn't work. I don't know why. I thought maybe if I just you know, learned the right things from her. Now I know how I should work out. When I go to the gym, I'll work out correctly and it'll help. But the problem is knowing the things she taught me didn't change my motivation to go to the gym. And it didn't change my desire to be in that place. And I still didn't want to hurt the way she made me hurt. And so when I went to the gym, I would do a little bit, but not quite enough to hurt as much as she made me hurt. And I just never saw the success I wanted. Recently, I've been going to physical therapy for a problem with my foot that happened when I was hiking earlier this year. And The physical therapist, after working on me, then sends me to a trainer who has me work out with a trainer. And the first couple of times I started with the trainer, I was like, this will be awesome, right? I'm going to really get into it, and we're going to dive deep. And then they had me doing simple things, like stand on this board and just move your foot back and forth. It's like, that's it? Like, don't you want me to put some weight on or something? Or just like stand still and just squat with one leg. And I was like, that can't be too tough. Let me tell you, 25 minutes or 30 minutes doing simple things, and I feel like I had a worse workout as far as intensity than any of the previous couple of years on my own. Because oftentimes when we want to change, we think the only way we can change is significant change, right? Right? So we go to the gym for the first time, and we jump right on that machine. We're like, I can definitely do all this weight. And we crank it up way past where we probably should. And we do a little bit, and we say, that was good. I feel great. But it's never a healthy amount to actually begin to stretch us or the right things to begin to pull us into a healthy way of being. So as we pursue loving God rightly, And in turn, loving other people rightly. As we identify things that we love that are unhealthy, that maybe are distracting us, we have to identify people we can look to and say, I want to be like you and learn from you. But then there's a step further that is really uncomfortable. It is not enough to look at people you admire and say, I want to learn from you and become like you. You have to go beyond imitation To actually creating new habits, to setting out with a new goal, I'm going to do something different in order to get a different result. I recently read that the number one key to success when you're trying to lose weight is to do it. Like, sounds really profound, right? But no, quite simply, if you want to lose weight, do something every day towards losing weight. That's it. You don't have to go and lift 100 pounds. You don't have to go and run 10 miles. You don't have to push yourself really hard. You just have to do something. Because the truth is, most of the time when we desire to sit on the couch because it's cold outside, there's nothing to gain by saying, I'll wait until I'm motivated to go for a walk. Instead, it's in that place of pain when we really don't want to, when we know our breath is going to hurt because it's cold outside, when we know that it's dark and we're tired and we could just justify waiting until tomorrow. It's in that place of no motivation. When we do something anyway, we begin to create in us a new desire and a new motivation in a uh, counterintuitive sort of way, if you were to just go for a walk every day, eventually you would begin looking forward to going for a walk. If you were to begin running every day a little bit, eventually you will enjoy at least a little bit of running. If you begin to eat salads at lunch instead of Taco Bell, yeah, you probably will never enjoy the salad. However, you will change. When you couple imitating somebody with doing something new you will become a new person so what are the things you and I need to begin doing in order to become the people God made us to be what are the habits and the practices we need to pick up and take up even when they, we don't want to and when they're difficult and when they stretch us beyond our comfort even when they feel way too simple for the level we think we're at what are the habits that created in us a new way of being. Well, today we're going to look at Matthew chapter seven and the words of Jesus and his encouragement to his people. See, in Matthew five and six, and even the first part of seven, this is Jesus' first recorded sermon in the Gospel of Matthew. It only happens a couple of times. Most of his teaching happens as he's going. Most of the things he teaches his disciples, those people who follow after him to become like him, most of the things happen while he's on the way between one place and another. But a couple times he sits down and begins to teach. And these are the things he teaches. Here in chapters 5 and 6 he teaches about what does it look like to live in his kingdom, If he is a king who reigns and rules, if he's over all things, how do we experience this kingdom in our day-to-day life? How do we look to a broken and sinful world and see Jesus in the midst of it? And he talks about our habits of lust. He talks about our habits of anger. He talks about divorce and fasting, all these things that can separate us and cause us to love the wrong things. He talks about prayer and giving to the needy. And doing so from a place that's not seeking public approval, but simply doing what's right. And then he concludes his sermon with three big warnings. And his warnings are this. First, he says, look, a tree will bear good fruit. How do you know what kind of tree it is based on the kind of fruit it bears? If you plant an apple tree and it starts to produce pears, you probably did not plant an apple tree. And if you were wanting apples, those pears, though they may be delicious, are not going to make a very good apple pie because you planted the wrong tree. He says, how do you know if somebody is walking in this new way of life? By the fruit that comes out of them. By the things their life begins to produce, you'll know, are you walking in the right path? This is true if you're seeking to lose weight or if you're seeking to learn piano. How do you get better at piano? Blake here, who plays for us often, I don't know if he's self-taught or not, but I know he's smart enough. He could be self-taught. And if Blake were self-taught, I imagine he probably sat down and he looked at some books and he watched some videos and then he said, okay, I'm ready, let's go. No, he sat down after watching those videos and looking at those books and began to do it over and over and over again. And oftentimes did it wrong. But the fruit of that labor, that consistency, created his ability to do it now almost second nature, without thinking too much about it. Jesus, his first warning is, what fruit are you bearing in your life? If it's not the fruit you want to see, maybe the things you're doing are not the most healthy. If you're still getting really angry at the people who cut you off in traffic, maybe you need to change how you address your anger. Or the way you live before they cut you off. Then he gives us Next warning, and he talks about how not everybody who says, hey, Jesus, look at all the stuff we did, will actually be somebody who's with Jesus. See, it's important to note here in this little warning that it's not about what we do. Jesus is not telling us our actions determine if we are or or not with him. No, our faith, which is a gift by God, determines if we're with him or not. Our actions, they only help strengthen that faith. So if we do all the right things without seeking Jesus, we're still going to miss the mark and the life He has for us. So hear that. When we talk about practices, let me just make it really clear. These practices and things I encourage will not gain you salvation. Period. It's only Jesus. They won't even be salvation plus a bonus, right? No, it's just Jesus. And all of these good things without Jesus, they're still good for your neighbor, but they miss the mark in changing you to experience all that God has in store for you. And then comes where we're going to look at today, this final warning. And he reiterates. He says this, verse 24, And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell, and great was the fall of it all. Jesus tells this final warning in a parable. Imagine two people building a house, one on the sand and one on the rock. And and we can look at that and be like, well, what a dork. Why would you build on sand? Obviously sand is shifting and stuff, right? Clearly you want to build on something more sturdy than that. And yet, if you've ever been to Israel, I have not, so this is only secondhand what I've been told. The Sea of Galilee often floods, and the river Jordan often floods, and when it floods and then dries out, the sand that it has deposited becomes rock-hard and solid. And so Jesus, telling this parable, says, look, the foundation you're building upon appears sturdy. Until the rain comes, and the floods rise, and it all washes away. The foundation you're building upon of sand is not the foolish man who's like, oh yeah, this shifting sand will be fine. It feels like rock until hard times come, and then it's not anymore. He gives this parable. The wise man, he's the one who knows to dig through that hard sand to get to the rock. He's the one who knows, don't just settle for what's on the surface, but dive in deeper. The wise man is the one who knows they can't build on this foundation that is shifting. Who's the wise versus the foolish one? The one who hears the words of Jesus and then does them. The one who hears the word and does not do them, they're the one who is unwise As I was reading in a commentary this week about this, there's a really interesting perspective I had never considered. See, I've always read this story about the wise man and the foolish man, and I thought, well, surely I'll be the wise man, right? Now that I know to do what he says, I'll just do it. But what follows immediately afterwards, when they hear this story, they begin to challenge his authority. Who are you to declare these things? And this commentator I was reading said, the reason they immediately begin to challenge his authority is for Jesus to declare whoever hears my word and does them, he's the wise man. For Jesus to declare that is for Jesus in that culture, in that day and age to say, my word is equal to that of God's. My word, the things I speak, is equal to the authority of God himself. Which is a wildly challenging thing for Jesus to say. If we believe Jesus is truthful, then the things he says are equal to that of God's. Do we take God at his word? Do we take him seriously and begin to say, how do I live like this? How do I create new habits that shape me and form me and move me to being built on a rock? And there's a firm foundation. Or do we take Jesus' words as just really good advice? See, if Jesus is right here when He says that what He says is equal to that of God, then everything He says we need to take really seriously. If it's just good advice, we can pick and choose the parts that we like and leave the parts we don't. and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. If we want to be like Jesus, we need to begin to create practices of doing things that help us to become like Him. We need to begin to say, what are the little things that feel insignificant that may change everything? How many of you want to be morning people And you're not. I love the idea of being a morning person, and I love staying up super late. It's great. If I want to become a morning person, I have to choose to go to bed earlier. It's that simple. I will never become a morning person if I keep staying up until midnight. That's simple. Likewise, I will never lose weight if I also choose to eat every cookie that's put in front of me. And my wife made cookies yesterday and didn't like them, which means I'm stuck eating them all. It's tough. I will never be somebody other than who I am right now if I keep doing what I've always done. So you want to find more peace? Create habits of things that are more peaceful, like creating space in your schedule to simply stop and rest. This last fall, we talked about a practice of silence and solitude, how if we take intentional time every day to simply sit in silence alone with ourselves in God, we can begin to find a peace inside of us that we didn't have before. If you want to begin to be a different person, do different things that practice of silence and solitude it was a wonderful time we learned about it and how many of you are still practicing it religiously like on a regular basis I didn't think so myself included see it's really easy to get caught up in things for a moment in fads that are great right now and to forget to make long-term habits and the only way we make long-term habits is by coming back to things we've tried Again, new. You don't want to go for a run or go for a walk, but you get off the couch and you do it anyway. You don't want to spend time in the Word because Facebook is drawing you in, but you turn it off anyway and spend some time with Jesus. You don't want to be angry at the cars cutting you off. So maybe when those words slip out of your mouth that are very anger-filled... You follow them up with a confession. God, I continue to sin. Forgive me. Renew me. Lead me. That I may walk in Your ways and delight in Your will. See, that prayer we pray is not just a thing we say. It can actually change us throughout the day if it becomes a part of us. Hey God, I keep sinning, but You can change me. Will You forgive me now? And then the next time somebody cuts you off in traffic, maybe that will come to your mind before you say those angry words. Say, God, I want to say some really terrible things right now. Hold me back. Create new habits together with people who are already living the life you want to live. This is where we are as a church. We believe that the practices of a Christian should be a daily commitment to habits learning to be with Jesus, to become like Him, and in turn to do the kinds of things He did. In the book of James, uh, there's this really strong warning from Jesus' brother that says, faith without works is dead. You see, if you believe all the right stuff, but it doesn't change you in the slightest, your belief is really shallow, like a house built on sand. So let me ask today, what's one habit or one practice you would like to begin doing? What's one way you today want to spend time with Jesus? Or when you read the words that He says, what's one thing He says that you should begin doing today? He talks a lot about loving our neighbor as ourselves. He goes a step further, love our neighbors as He has loved us. What does that look like today he talks about caring for those who are hungry and those who are poor he talks about caring for those who are oppressed he talks about loving your enemies and forgiving those who've wronged you what does it look like to do that today no you won't do it perfectly you won't get it right every time in fact in the gospel of mark where we were last time jesus he calls the disciples and the very next chapter, he calls Levi the sinner who had been cheating these disciples. And he says, both of you are equal. And just right after that, the next chapter, he gives them a really challenging command. He says, all right, now that you're my disciples, go out and proclaim the gospel. And not only that, cast out demons. Go for it. And if you read the gospel in order, you're like, he's not giving them any training, any preparation, any, anything. He just says, go and do it. Now, I'm not telling you today to go and try to cast out demons, all right? And you're like, that freaks me out. What do you mean by that? Don't worry about that. The apostles were different than you and I in some regards. But what I will say is this. Jesus doesn't wait for his disciples to have it all figured out before he says, go and do the things I'm doing and see what happens. See, when we begin to do what Jesus does, whether that's loving our enemy or forgiving those who've wronged us or serving somebody who doesn't deserve it, when we begin to do these things, it will change us and teach us how to be more like Him. Beginning next week, we're going to be starting a seven-week series as a church about the practice of simplicity. Imagine simplifying your life each and every day a little bit more. Eliminating things from your schedule. Eliminating things from your desire. What things you focus your energy on. Imagine becoming a more simple person. And I don't mean simple as I'm ignorant or naive, but simple as in intentionally choosing to say no to some things so that you're free to say yes to others. What does that look like for you? Over the next seven weeks, I want to invite you to commit to joining us every Sunday in person or online to learn more about this practice of becoming like Jesus. Because for over 2,000 years, the church has said one way to be like Jesus is to simplify life. What if we did that too? As we end today, I want to remind you, you are loved Exactly as you are. None of this conversation about hearing the words of Jesus and doing them is in any way a call for you to become a better person in order to be loved. But because you are loved, God loves you way too much to keep you where you are. And He wants to invite you into this journey of walking with Him and discovering who you could be when you begin to be with Him and become like Him and in turn do the things He does. Will you join me in hearing His words and doing them and in turn seeing all that He might do in you? Will you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, we thank You that You have invited us into this journey to look at people who are walking with You and say, let's become like them, but then in turn to begin to do the kinds of things You did. God, to begin to hear Your words and put them into action, whether we feel like it or not, whether we're confident Your words will work and change us or not. May we begin today to take steps like the wise man to build our house on a rock on You, our solid rock and firm foundation, that all of our life would be oriented not towards loves that are fleeting or desires that are failing, but God, that everything in us would be aimed at You, the One who loves unconditionally, who gives unconditionally, who in turn transforms our lives wholly. And may we become Your children in everything we do, May it be for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I have some exciting news for you as we continue today in our offering. uh, We continue with worship through our offering. How many of you had coffee this morning? Specifically coffee from here this morning? Did you notice anything different about it? No? That's okay. Let me tell you. For the first time, finally, we got to use the new coffee brewers that we ordered seven months ago. They finally arrived and are installed, and now we have coffee that is filtered and tastes so much better. If you didn't notice, there's still some. Help yourself. Uh, So I share that to say, seven months ago, you guys were like, yeah, we want some new, better coffee. And I asked, would you guys pitch in to make it happen? And you generously did, and then supply chain shortage took forever. So... If you didn't get some new coffee, thank you to everybody who donated to help us get the new brewers. It's now much easier to brew. We can make it faster and better. And it is just all around tastier. So, thank you. Today, as we collect an offering, it's not for anything specific. We don't have new coffee brewers to order at the moment. Uh, hopefully not for any time in the near future. Uh, but, we collect an offering in this place as an opportunity to say... God, I want to trust you with my finances. I want to partner with the work that you're doing in this community and and in this church and through this people. And so if you came prepared today and you would like to partner with us, you can give an offering. Actually, now that as I look, Adam, I'm going to put you on the spot again. I don't see the popcorn buckets in the back. Would you be willing to go grab those? Cool. So Adam's going to go grab our popcorn buckets. If you prefer physical cash or check, you can give an offering in those buckets as you leave. If you filled out one of those physical connect cards, you can put that in the bucket as well. And if you came prepared to give online, if that's your preferred method, you could give at thepointknocks.com by clicking the little teal button in the bottom corner. However you give and whatever you give, know this. It is not to get God's love, but simply because you already have it. Thank you. I get to now respond to any questions that came in this morning.
2: Yes. We've got a handful. Um, First, a couple things that are not quite questions. One person texted, my father is going to have hip replacement surgery on both sides soon. Will you please pray for him as he prepares for it?
0: Yes. And if you'll text us his name, we'll pray for him by name too. That's you, Tony. That's your dad. What's your dad's name? Tony Sr., we'll be praying for Tony Sr.'s hip replacements, absolutely.
2: Um, one person texted in a couple song suggestions "Prayed You in the Storm by Casting Crowns would be a beautiful song and Never Alone by Barlow Girl I rocked out to that song like it was a while ago but I loved that song Um, these are both very inspirational songs for me and I think they'd be great so thank you thanks for those love that Um, next there are questions I promise we're just like okay Um, (laughs) I once had a personal trainer who went by the nickname Hardcore her motto was that it was not a good workout if you did not throw up I hate that okay uh last I heard she was a professional roller derby skater sound familiar (laughs) seems fitting yeah okay now I had one PT
0: experience doing the simple things I was like this isn't so bad and I left and I thought I was gonna throw up like sometimes the simple things are just as bad as the hardcore things but Mm. I will say nothing is worse than burpees yeah yeah that's it And if you like burpees, I think there's a problem with you. (laughs) And we still love you.
2: (laughs) All right. Now, questions, for real. Uh, Like not, yeah, okay. In Exodus, during the plagues, it says that the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Why would God do that? Doesn't that go against God's character? I could understand if it said God allowed his heart to be hardened, but it does not say that.
0: That's a great question. Um, The simplest answer is let's back up a little bit before that. When God shows up to speak to Moses in the burning bush before the plagues ever come to be, God speaks and says, Pharaoh's going to harden his own heart. Pharaoh's going to harden his heart. And then later he says, look, I hardened it. And I think the simplest but also most uncomfortable answer is, if we choose to pursue our own desires, God is faithful to let us and sometimes to help us. If this is what you want... Let me give you what you want. In fact, later when the people of Israel are living their own life, doing their own thing, if you read the book of Judges, you notice time and time again, they're like, we don't need God. We can do it our own way. And he's like, okay, let me let you do it your own way. And all of a sudden things fall apart. And like, this is miserable. God, we need you. And it's like, I'm still here. I've always been here. I promise my ways better. And like, you're right. It is. And then shortly afterwards, like, no, 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 let's do it our own way. So I think why, why does God harden Pharaoh's heart? It's this weird mix of, on the one hand, Pharaoh wanted his heart to be hardened. On the other hand, God was promising to be faithful to deliver his people. And the only way he could faithfully deliver his people was Pharaoh being hardened. In the same way that later on, the only way Jesus could redeem all of us from all of our sin was from, for Judas to betray him. And Jesus knew that Judas would betray him from the beginning. And still invited Judas to be a part of his community and that close group of his inner circle. So,
2: so clear cut.
0: Clear cut. Control. Black and white
2: answer on that one. Yeah. Check. Okay. <laughs> um, last, song, last song. Last question. Do you ever have more upbeat music? Yes. Yeah. I, I feel like there are no rules with the points worship. Yeah. So you never know what you're going to get. The points music is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get.
0: Sometimes it's kind of nutty. Sometimes it's really sweet.
2: I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is, I think that's the last of the questions.
0: As always, you can text in questions anytime during the week. And if we see them early enough, we'll respond to them midweek on social media. If not, we'll just save them and respond to them next week, um, Sunday morning, as well as we can so with that, uh, one last thing, for those of you who signed up for our Discover Communion class to learn more about communion, that is beginning today, right after we're done here, it'll be in the tap room, which is upstairs. If you've not been to the tap room, the two simple ways to get there are to just walk upstairs and holler. No, quite honestly, there's some stairs right back here over by the ladies' bathroom. If you go up those stairs and down the hall to the right, you'll see the tap room. You can't miss it. Uh, that's where we will be for that class. If you are interested in learning more about communion but did not sign up, feel free to just join us anyway, all right? With that, receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He look upon you with favor and give you His peace. Amen.
2: Amen.
1: Have a great week. Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting The Point Ministry, simply go to thepointknox.com forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.